The Pinball Network is online. Launching Triple Drain Pinball Podcast. All right, here we go. So, um, yeah, today's going to be a weird one. Today's going to be a weird one. This is the Triple Drain Pinball Podcast, episode number 29.5.5. It's not officially episode 30. And you know what? We're not going to do theme song. And the reason we're not going to do theme song is there's only two of us. So I just feel like the Triple Drain theme song makes sense when there's three people. But there isn't three. There's only two. It's myself. My name is Joel. And my co-host in this case, Travis Murray. Travis, you are you, are you good? You ready? You ready to go? Joel, your, your ability <laughs> to do math is very inspirational. So yeah, I'm definitely ready to go. There's usually three, but now there's two. Yeah. So no, we're just going to really just dive on in here. Um, Tom, unfortunately, so we are recording this in the middle of the day. Uh, the three of us, the two of them were at Indisc. They're, they just came home. Travis is traveling again this weekend for the Oklahoma finals. So he's going to that to cheer on his friends. Tom has a date night with his lovely wife. It's just trying to coordinate all these things. We're like, well, we got to talk about Indus. When's this going to happen? The reality is it happens in the middle of the day. <laughs> Apparently is the only way we, we can get in an hour of talking. Um, and, and Tom's a dentist and he, uh, he's drilling teeth. So, you know, I think it's obvious Tom's trying to leave us for loser kid. <laughs> I kid about it. I think yeah. he's for real about it. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. You saw I, he was wearing their hat, right? I know. I, I, know. I wore our merch. I know. At Indisc, I know. Well, and he he wore their hat. He didn't. He's. I asked him. I was like, Tom, um, where's your sweatshirt? Yeah. Oh, I didn't bring it. Like, <laughs> I was like, all right, great, Tom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I see you in the video there. You are wearing a triple drain hat. That I is. Am. Yeah. So we just got those in. Those are uh, silver ball swag. If you want to check that out. And speaking of merch, I do have to give a huge shout out to Ben Smith. Ben Smith is a listener of ours. We've been making a lot of jokes about the El Gato No Signal. Uh, Travis, it's just a way of life at this point. I feel like you fully embraced it. And um, yeah, Ben actually took our logo and kind of redesigned it and, and made a logo that says El Gato No Signal. He sent it to us. I then tweaked it to make it more black and gray, which is what we see on screen. And uh, now, now we now have a shirt. So if you're if you want to support Travis in the poor decisions he makes, check it that wasn't out. only that. If you're watching Classics <laughs> Two Finals, yeah. and this is in front of over ten thousand people. Yeah. Apparently, <laughs> it showed up on there while I was playing as well. Yeah. There's a screenshot of that. So shout out to Carl D'Angelo. We're going to be giving him a lot of love this episode. But um, Carl's embraced it. I think when you were announcing for part of Indisc, he had your um, they they listed the announcers' names, and then they would give you like what you're, where you're from, and he just wrote no signal under <laughs> underneath that. So um, really cool, really cool that yeah, that is that is a meme of yours at this point, and I think you're stuck with it. Um, so yeah, definitely check out Silverball Swag, and I appreciate it, Ben. Appreciate you doing that. Um, we are definitely getting a kick out of that. Uh, second thing. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, here you go. <laughs> this is video number two. And the question is why? I, I Our initial goal was to put video kind of behind a paywall. Or it was like, hey, you know, we have a Patreon. Let's let's reward the Patreon members by giving them video ac access. That was a plan. I thought it was a good plan. Um, we get roughly 2,000 plus, 2,500 plus listens on the podcast what surprised us was our video got like over a thousand views. So <laughs> what? What surprised you guys? Oh, I was, I kept you saying were ready. the vi yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you, can, can we, 
Can we give me props? Uh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just going to ask coming. for nice, Joel. But that that was a, a huge surprise to me. I was just and and what's crazy to me is it didn't actually hurt our podcast numbers. So our podcast listens were still a normal amount, but then there's roughly a thousand plus additional views. So our thought is like, why are we why are we taking that away? Why would we um if if there's people out there that want to watch us on that aren't aren't used to watching or listening to podcasts and would rather watch a YouTube video, you know, let's go for it. So. We decided let's go ahead and continue to do video for free for everybody. It's free access for everybody. Um, now, I was like, well, I, I would feel bad for the people that signed up for Patreon just for the video. You know, that was my hesitation. Well, lucky us, not a single person did. So we don't, it's not like I have to apologize to the one person that just started a contribution um, because of video. So that's totally fine. We we really do appreciate, though, the Patreon supporters we do have. Uh, Thank you. Thank you for our support. I mean, if we just keep patting ourselves on the back over and over again. <laughs> there we go. I mean, yeah, you right. know, we could do that this afternoon if you want to. I don't know. But so anyways, <laughs> that's the house, the, the the housekeeping out of the way. So overall swag, check it out. And then, yeah, we're going to we're going to stick with video. So if you're enjoying the video, please. What is it? all the YouTube stuff? Like and subscribe, you know, leave us a comment, all that fun stuff. Was it? Um, smash the like button. Smash that like button. <laughs> Hit the bell. <laughs> yeah. Stay in the algorithm. Kerry uh, Hardy, ding my dong. That's what he. <laughs> that's what he says. Is that so, what he says? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so, I, I don't know if I want to go that far. I don't uh, want to okay. give people the wrong impression. Yeah, this is a very professional, and yeah, this <laughs> very, is very, very professional. Like <laughs> wow, stick yeah. is the line. We're not going to cross yeah, 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 yeah. the wow stick line. That's all okay. right. So, um, in disc, the reason we want to record this episode was in disc just happened. What is in disc? In disc is essentially the Super Bowl of, of tournament play is what it seems like now i i'm speaking a little out of my comfort zone i'm 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 a very inexperienced tournament player so travis you're gonna have to answer a lot of these questions so indisc is considered a major right so it's uh, how many majors are there yearly do you know i want to say i think there's only three currently okay. like so I, i'll be honest i'm not even there on that since pinberg went away i want to say epc which is over in europe the uh, the open that we just played in, and then I guess it would be IFBA. I don't okay. know. Somebody that can correct me. That's over in Germany this year. It, it rotates. It goes oh, over okay. to like European countries or overseas, or at least at another country that's not the U.S. And then it's back yeah. in the U.S. every other year. So regardless, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. I think I saw, I think I saw on the stream that out of out of a hundred out of the hundred topped world ranked players, there were like sixty of you guys there playing in this. So this is kind of, it's kind of a big deal. And um, another thing that's amazing is, is Carl D'Angelo with IE Pinball. He streams the majority of the whole thing. And, and Carl, as most people that listen to this podcast know, he is like one of, if not the top streamer out there when it comes to tournament streams, his quality is unbelievable. I mean, his production value, it's such a treat to be able to, to watch not only this this high of quality of pinball players, but also to be able to watch it in such a high quality stream is just a treat overall. Um, so this is, I know you guys traveled on Wednesday. Now there are, there are multiple tournaments here. So there's, there's a classics one tournament that was on Friday, correct? Yeah. So actually there is five tournaments total. You got your target match play classics, which is on day one, which and was Thursday. Right. And okay. then you'll still have qualifying for the main that starts during that time. And then the next day you'll have 
a one day tournament of classics one. You'll have qualifying that goes from like 9 a.m. till I believe it's like 4.30 p.m. And then we'd play the finals that night. And then the very next day, it'd be classics two. Okay. So that's kind of, and then plus there was high stakes going on at the same time as well. So the qualifying was, is the, correct me if I'm wrong, but is the qualifying very similar? This is, is this a pump and dump where you can just play each individual game or is this a ticket system or how did this work? It's a ticket system. So it's a pop a card ticket and it's very difficult. This is much more difficult to qualify for than just a pure pump and dump because in a pure pump and dump, you can go play like ass on the same game for like 15, (laughs) 20 games in a row and you'll eventually break through. But on this, you have to play good or at least halfway decent on five straight games. Now that doesn't mean you could you could go back and forth. You could play a couple of games in the main, then you, you could go over to high stakes and classics, but ultimately sure. you have one ticket that leads to each individual event. So you'll have one ticket for classics, one for main, one for high stakes, whatever, whatever you're playing in. So there's no crossover in between that. They're each their own individual thing, but you have to put in five games in main. And I think high stakes was five games and classics was four games. And that's, but it's insanely difficult to do though. And how much is a ticket? Uh, I think classics was 15 main was, was main was 20 high stakes was 500 for 10 tickets <laughs> is what it was. Yeah. So, so originally yeah. it was, it used to be just 50 per ticket, which mm-hmm. it still was, but up front you're putting in $500. 500 yeah, so instead of just one more ticket, no, you're buying a whole nother 10 tickets. Yeah, yeah. It's like coin dropping. What? Like $5 a game or whatever it was, whatever the math works yeah. out to. But yeah. And then they had, they maxed out the participants in that tournament too. There was 80 people total. That was okay. a cap. And I'm pretty sure that they reached out. I know that there was a couple that couldn't make it that had signed up, but you right. know, it reached 80. So it was a lot of money, whatever yeah, 80 yeah. times 500 is. It's, it's a lot. I'm it's not going to attempt to do math on a podcast ever again. Damn, so, I was hoping you would. No, not doing it. <laughs> Even my dad gave me a hard time for that. Well, <laughs> to, to give you an idea, yeah. it was, it was $15,000 for first place. And I believe it was over $30,000 in prize money for the top four. And yeah. what made high stakes even more difficult, only the top eight got in. in yeah and yeah you, it, yeah so i mean well, we could skip right to it because you were high stakes so high stakes is the final thing this is sunday night it's the final thing you're saying um anybody that's that bought tickets to to try to get in this put a lot of money down to try to do it you i know going into the open were like right on the bubble you were you were eighth i think and then our good friend Robert Byers of Top Rope Pinball kept grinding away, and he ended up as the number one seed. So he bumped he you out. He sniped me. Yeah. Yeah. What an a-hole. And I still had, <laughs> yeah. made this even worse, I ended up with only one, or I still had one ticket left. Oh, so no. I, I spent $50 and didn't get to play it, but. Yeah, but still. So high stakes. So fast forward, this is Sunday night. This is the the, the open just finished. The top eight players are there. They're all very good players. Keith Elwin was one of them. I know that. Uh, Escher was one of them. They were all great Robert players. Byers, they're all great. Well, yeah, well here was the difference, Joel, is that, and I was mentioning this to a few other players. I mean, it's, we were all psychotic, basically, to put in $500. <laughs> let's, let's face facts. And the reality is there was like 30 or 40 of us knuckleheads that legitimately thought we were going to be in the top eight because, you know, math, it just made sense. But yeah, yeah. You know, midway through that type of qualifying, you're looking at the scores and you're just like, holy shit, where is this coming from? Like, <laughs> so, I, I would put up 20 billion on Johnny Mnemonic and I would look up and it's like 25th 
<laughs> so the, so back to the ticket system for right, for right. for non-tournament players. What what he means by a ticket is you have to play five games in a row, and you're looking at your score compared to everybody else. So if you happen to get the top score in a game, you get a hundred points, right? And then I believe it was two hundred. Two hundred, okay. Mm-hmm. But then like the second highest score goes down to whatever. It's a few points less than that. And then it, so you're as wherever position you are, your points are dwindling down, 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 down. So, you know, in a perfect world, if you're playing five games and you get the top score in all five games and you're saying each game's worth 200 points, you could walk away with a thousand. A thousand could be like, that's a ranking that would be unbeatable. I mean, you know, it's, it's the high score. Well, looking at a lot of these qualifiers, these top scores are close to the 900 point range. So, I mean, you, it's like to qualify out of five games in a row and on one card, you better be placing like in the top 10 of each one of those five games to be ranked high. Uh, and, and then on the high stakes, it's, I mean, it's absurd. Like it is, you have to have five amazing games in a row just to make the tournament. It's, it's pretty crazy. So, well, I saw, yes, I saw you were eighth. Unfortunately, that knocked you out. So the high stakes tournament, we'll, we'll come back to that, but I think that's in, in, incredible. But you're saying just the classics, so Classics Tournament, there was match play on, on Thursday, and then we got to Classics 1 on Friday. Um, Classics 1, you're saying four, four tickets to get in. I watched a good bit of that. That was fantastic to watch. It's kind of a great like intro, fun stream to watch. Um, I think that was the first one that, that Carl streamed. Um, really well done. I don't remember exactly with Classics 1 who came out the winner. I think Andy Rosa was really high when I checked. I don't remember who won. Do you remember who um, won in Classics 1? Well, I know Andy Rosa Jr., or yeah. the second, Baby Rosa, as I like to call him. He won the target match play. Oh, okay. But I'm actually, I'm not sure who won the Classics 1, because honestly, I wasn't paying attention to it. I didn't play in it, so I was over in the main. You were just grinding. I, I want to say Jason Zoller won it. I thought I saw a picture of that earlier. That's right. So that would That's make right. more sense to me. That's right. Okay, so Jason won. That's kind of the first night. Now, side note, Keith Owen did not play in that tournament. He did not play participate in Classics 1. Classics 2 rolls around. Classics 2 was another great day of fun, exciting things. Um, we'll fast forward right to the end. Keith Owen. Keith Owen. I'm going to be saying Keith Owen a lot. And the reason I... like. For anybody that's listening, if you're still here that you're not a tournament player, thank you. Hopefully you're learning and we'll appreciate some more about tournament play. Keith Owen was arguably, is arguably one of, if not the best, like pinball tournament player of all time. And I don't, I don't think there's any argument. I, it's un- insane <laughs> what Keith can do. But Keith, I mean, Keith, the designer of, of Jurassic Park, Godzilla, like incredible, incredible player. Um but he's good. We're talking classics. So classics games are anything prior to a DMD, right? That's what's considered a classic. Pretty much, yeah. So you're talking EM, alphanumeric. That's that's that wheelhouse. Well, Keith obviously grew up playing all these. He knows these. This is a challenge because we got a bunch of these younger kids with, you know, Jason and Escher. And I don't, I mean, there's a ton of young, I, we can say Ray Day, a ton of these younger guys, Dalton, that are, incredibly good at modern sterns but the challenge there is let's you got to go backwards too you got to be good with these older games with weaker flippers and more simple skill sets and whatnot and so this is where you get these classics tournaments um keith excels in classics well keith excels at everything but he excels in classics you participated in classics too 
how did you and Tom do going into that? Uh, I'm not quite sure how Tom did. I know Neil, he ended up qualifying. Neil did yeah, very I think, well. I think he was like 25th or so. And I ended up, I know I put in one practice card just to see where everything was at. Then I put in just one card to, uh, to get in. I put up a decent score with Paragon and Frontier. And then, of course, we all discovered Car Hop, which was freaking yeah. hilarious. Yeah. yeah. So that was like the low hanging fruit that all of us were talking about that, that we were just like, oh, OK, here's a game that we can all control. Here's a game that we can uh, put up a lot of points on. And it's it's a Gottlieb for those that don't know. And basically the whole meta to that game was you would plunge and it would go up to your upper right flipper. Then you would shoot it across the play field through a spinner. That would give you basically like a skill shot that was worth two and a half, three million. But then the ball would come right back down to a perfect trap yep. to your left flipper. And then you would just rinse and repeat because as soon as you went up to that spinner or you go up the middle, it'd come back to your left flipper. And then you would just go to the right side that would hit this target and then feed back to your upper right flipper. And then you would just rip the spinner again. So the whole entire game turned out to be that well until we got to finals but yeah. the whole entire game was pretty much that so yeah i did that and then um did the cheetah meta too to where we all realized that the left orbit was perfectly feeding the left in lane and that you could just rinse and repeat that shot and just bump it over and i mean it was a boring way to play it but mm -hmm. it was a safe way to play it it basically all but guaranteed you one million points possibly even two up to five million if you just followed it through so i mean that's that's part of it i mean Unfortunately, it may not be the sexiest thing to watch sure. on stream, but you know, when there's money on the line, there's whoppers on the line, you travel out there to compete, you want to try to find repeatable shots. And if you can find a repeatable shot that does not make you be in trouble, yeah, then that's what you're going to do. Yep. You got to play safe. Now, Carhop, I, uh, I was watching you on stream with that. It looks like there's some sort of mode or option where you can pick a perk almost is what it was. And is was one of those point one of those perks double or nothing? Yeah, so it was so bizarre because again, some some of the game behavior would be a little bit different if you're in a four player game compared to a single player game. Okay. And what I mean by that is is so for instance, for mine, there was a double up feature to where you could double your score. Well, I was aware that it was there. Mm -hmm. What I'm not aware of, because this is the first time I've ever seen the game, I was not aware of how to actually light it. I just knew what to do as soon as it was lit, as soon as it started. Well, I'm going to, you know, raise the degrees, just follow the inserts around, then eventually just start bashing the center target. So yep. I had figured out that much. And so in my, uh, in my match with uh, Jeff Teolis and I believe, I forget the other two, but I know Jeff was in the group with me, but I ended up finding that a couple of times and used it in that way. And so that's, I mean, that's just figuring out what's there. Well, now, what was hilarious is I think you're talking about the catch up, though, I think is, is what you're what talking about. So one of this, them said double or nothing. Yeah. So this one didn't happen in my group. I, we might be talking about two different things, but this was hilarious. And this is what led to this game getting thrown out. So okay. in another group, it was Colin McAlpine. Eric Stone, Haley George, and Andy Bagwell. I know, a, a really crappy group for those yeah. scoring at home. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Ho horrible <laughs> players. Yeah, yeah, obviously. So, but no, so you have all these exceptional players, right? And you know that they are going to just crush these shots over and over again. Well, then it was seen that somebody had picked what was called ketchup. It just went into the saucer. You got to pick what it was. And apparently by doing this, it would launch your score up or bring it up 
the person closest to you that's still above you. Yep. So we saw Andy basically instantly scored 30 some odd million points to catch up the Kaylee. And then I think somebody else did it later on. So this was like, it was just a game of cat and mouse yeah. the rest of the time, but it was so freaking hilarious to watch it in person. I don't know how it was watching it, was awesome it on, on stream. stream. No, but. I'm pretty sure <laughs> I was watching it at the time it was on mute because I was doing something with, I think right. the kids were watching a show or something, but I, I just kind of had it on and I was like, what just happened? Like to see him pick that and then, broop, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, <laughs> all he has to do is hit one more target. And now he just took over, went up a place. But the double or nothing, I swear it said double or nothing. And I think you have 10 seconds or 15 seconds to hit the target X amount of times, whatever it was. Okay, yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was like the heat wave or something like I, that. Yeah, that's whatever, that's what I did. It was a little bit different than catch up. I, I think I would have doubled much, your score. Yeah, yeah, it did. But it pretty much, it was kind of scary because then yeah. you had to basically flip real quick. Yeah. You had to do the thing real quick. And I don't know. I mean, I like that in a game. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it necessarily belongs in competitive pinball, See, but it was awfully fun to do. I swear at that moment, though, I feel like you're in second. I think it was ball three. I feel like yeah. you're in second. You're in a good I safe was. spot. Yeah. And all of a sudden he picks this double or nothing. And I was like, is this truly double or nothing? Like, is he going to lose his score if he doesn't finish this mode? Oh, that's what you're and saying. It was yeah, counting yeah. down time. And you got down to like, and I see you just bashing this middle target. And then all of a sudden, like with one or two seconds left, boom, you bash the target again. And boom, your score is doubled. You're in first place. And I was like, if he would have missed that target, he could have gone from second to fourth. I think. I assume that's what double or nothing means. But that well, just having that kind of stuff in a high-end tournament was right. crazy to watch. Luckily, I don't think it would take away my score because I did fail <laughs> at it once and okay. it didn't go, it didn't go back. So oh, but well, that would have been hilarious. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, yeah, if it would have truly been a double or nothing, if yeah. it would have taken away my score, I don't know if I would have tried to well, sacrifice that's, two that's points for that. Yeah, I'm like, he's in second place. So what did he mean by points? So this the way that this tournament works is once you get in, so you qualify with this with this card system. So you got to play consistently, you know, five great games in a row or classics, four great games in a row. Otherwise, you throw in the card out and you're going again. And that's why like the Open, which is the main tournament, was on Sunday. So people had all day, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, to grind away to try to get in a good spot for the open or just to qualify for the open. And I think for the open, it was like 260 something people bought cards or attempted and they only let what the top 40 in. I mean, it was so it's, and like I said earlier, this, there's the top, there are 60 of the top 100 players were there. And so only 40 are making the, I mean, it's, it was absurd. It was absurd. Um, so anyways, the, he mentioned points. So when you win, if you're if you're competing against four people, three people, so there's four of you, when the game ends, whoever got first place got four points. Whoever got second place got two. Third place got one. Fourth place got zero. And so it's best of three games. So the most that a person could get would be 12. But you end up in some weird positions where, okay, going into this next game, we need this person to get third and this person to get first. And then there could be a tiebreaker situation. It's it's super intriguing to watch. Um, even if you don't know about the game or don't really care, it's just watch the game. Usually the announcers or, you know, Carl has a really good setup where people can draw on the board and they're going to say like, hey, this is what they're going to attempt to do or this is what they're trying to do and try to get you in the mind of the player. Um, it was awesome. It was super awesome to watch. So Classics 2 finished and you you got in, but how did you finish in Classics 2? Oh, gosh. I think I flamed out in quarterfinals because I got through the first round and then quarterfinals. It was just like 
completely forgot how to play pinball. Probably my three <laughs> worst games. Yeah. I think it's the first time I ever got a zero in a round. I did. I took last every single game, all three games. And I think I was playing uh, Josh Sharp, Jack Tadman, and uh, Joe Lemire. So definitely three exceptional play- players. Yeah, every, these are all yeah, players that, yeah. yeah, it's insane. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Classics 2, but yes, yeah, so I know Keith Allen, he won it. He won the whole thing. That's So Keith basically well, shows up. It. He did it in style too. If okay. you guys haven't seen this, so he basically went to finals and I think he played, I might have to bring it up. So he played Teolis, yeah. uh, Johnny Monica, and Jack Tadman. And they played eight ball, Paragon, and Stars. And of course, you know, Elwin, he did decent on eight ball, got 263. For, for him, that's probably an off game. For me, that's like, exceptional <laughs> you know that game plays tough then yeah. paragon he gets 620 and he just makes it look easy yeah it's insane but then he steps up the stars and basically just absolutely destroys it is getting specials <laughs> left and right he's trying to roll it i'm just we're just all watching like oh yeah. my god what yeah. what is going on this not human <laughs> what yeah. he was doing it's crazy so if you get a chance to watch it definitely it's a uh, classics two playoffs and so- this was done in front of I think 10 or 15,000 so, yes, people watching yes. during the time. We do have to mention that. So IE Pinball, Carl D'Angelo is streaming this whole thing. Carl got partnered um, on Twitch. And what that means is it's it's relatively easy to become affiliated with Twitch. Um, you just have to have like, uh, I don't know, like 50 followers or something. It's not in a certain number of hours. It's not particularly hard to like get to a point where you can make money on Twitch. You just got to have a pulse is what you need. Pretty much. You'll yeah. get affiliate if you yeah. have a pulse. Yep. Now, but partners is a whole nother story because they 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 limit the number of people within each category on who how they can get partnered. Do you have to? There's a certain number of average viewers you have to get hours streamed, all this stuff. Carl has met those requirements for quite a long time, and I know he's applied multiple times to become a partner. And it finally happened. It finally happened a few months ago. He got partnered, and it's like, well, cool. That's you know now he has a little badge, but. What it what it did do though was it kind of opened a door for him on now Twitch is aware of who he is. And so I think what happened was there was somebody at Twitch working in the background that liked car or liked pinball and knew this was coming. And so what happened was they put the stream on the front page. Now this has happened before in pinball. Typically when Jack Danger with Deadflip does uh, like a stern reveal. Jack has reached out or Stern has reached out. There's some sort of communication. So Twitch knows, hey, during this two hours or one hour slot, let's go ahead and put this stream on the front page. I don't know what happened with with IE Pinball, but all of a sudden, boom, it's on the front page. So what does that mean? It means anybody that logs on to Twitch.com, that is going to be one of the suggested, what, six, eight videos. And the number of people that popped into chat, I mean, it got over 10,000 people which is a normally for a stream, like a this type of tournament stream, I don't know, I don't, maybe a thousand? I mean- Somewhere right around there, yeah. But like that's the normal pinball community watching is a thousand. And now all of a sudden, boom, 10, I think it got over 15,000 at one point. Yeah, it's and what's, what's crazy about it is that was basically people coming in and out too. So yep. there's it's kind of hard to tell like who all was staying there, but we do know that there was a lot of people still sticking around because you could tell the questions in the chat that yep. people were asking about certain things. I know I got several messages, just text messages from different people that didn't even realize I was at a pinball tournament, but they get <laughs> on Twitch all the time. They're like, yeah. you're on the front page. And I'm like, oh yeah, I am. I'm at, at pinball. So yeah, can, let me focus I, for a second. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like, there's, there's a lot of different people that, 
that were discovering it. And so, I mean, for pinball, that is excellent because huge. yeah, and it, it was happening during multiple events, multiple mm-hmm. days, because they did the same thing for Maine too. So yep. hopefully, hopefully they decide to go ahead and start showing at least the major tournaments. They start showing it more on the recommended page or the front page, just because it's, to me, it's, it's something that's important. I think it's something that's needed because you see a bunch of other, I guess, video games or esports or what have you that's on Twitch that gets that type of publicity. So, I mean, just yeah. being able to have that with pinball, I think that's crucial. And that was one of the things that I was hoping to see too. Once Carl did get partner and even with Tom with Fox cities is I was hoping that the ones that can achieve partner, Mm-hmm. that that's what opens up the door. And if mm-hmm. that door opens up more, that just helps pinball even more. It gives a bigger opportunity for people to come in and sponsor because it's in front of more people. It gives more chance for discovery from a younger demographic because obviously Twitch's age, they skew younger anyways. And we've talked about that in the past. So something like that is excellent as well. And, you know, I overall, it was pretty exciting to be a part of a yeah heavily watched pinball event it's very surreal it was it was as a viewer it was surreal like i I mean i've watched i just feel like pinball feels so small and close-knit that it's like to see all of a sudden 10 plus thousand people in chat first part part of me was like proud like proud of carl i'm like carl earned this like he deserves this this i was so proud of carl for that like for him to get all those views but also, like chat was amazing. There were so many people who were like, oh, I didn't know people streamed pinball. And for chat to be so supportive and like, of course, you should check out Pinside. You should check out PinMap. You should see if there's pinball machines in your area. You know, it was just like there were pinball people in chat just like being supportive. It could have gone toxic really quick. It could have been, you know, it just it was awesome to see the chat be the because I know for a fact there were people that that followed Carl. So I hope they get to see many more of his streams and, and other people are like this, that you could tell these people that had no idea we're, we're excited. We're excited and locked in and watching. So as, Oh, there it is. <laughs> there it is. His, his camera has gone out. It is. It's that time. Yep. <laughs> I wish uh, I could say, oh, I just do this on purpose. No, Elgato, no signal. There it is. I'll so, fix that eventually. So but anyways, so it keep, is, it is great though. For Carl, I mean, just to touch base on this a little bit more before we move on, I I think that I hope everybody out there understands how important Carl is to the industry in general and how important he is to competitive pinball. But not just that, it's truly the industry in general, because somebody putting in that much time and effort to get the equipment out there. He, he is a world-class player himself and yeah. he's sacrificing his chance for a world championship in order to basically put this whole thing on a platform mm-hmm. and to give us the opportunity to be on that platform. Because without Carl, nobody's paying attention to this except for us that care that are there. Nobody's discovering. And so to me, just the sacrifice, I hope people understand how important of a sacrifice that really is, how big of a deal that really is. I think the last I checked, even the VODs combined views, it's over a million now, Yeah, which is just that is for pinball. That's insane. If you go to Reddit, some of the stuff, the Escher clip, which we'll get to later, that that's already gone viral. I mean, I have people I came home and I had over 200 messages on my Facebook, just people discovering it, going viral, like seeing the clips, seeing on Twitch. So, I mean, that's huge. And none of that would have happened if Carl doesn't stream. 
Yeah. I mean, that, that's just the reality of it. A hundred percent. And he's, he's put in the work. He's put in the work to deserve that. And I mean, there's a lot of other people that stream tournaments, obviously our good friend, Tom, Tom Graff with Fox city streams, a lot of tournaments. And I, it's just, it's a, it's a selfless act in that sense. And, and so, uh, it was amazing. It was so great to watch and it was exciting to watch for sure. But what I want to say, so for classics two, Keith shows up, I have no idea how many cards he, it took him to get in, gets in, just dominates, dominates the tournament. Boom. He, he gets first. Uh, then there's the next day. There's the next day. So that was on, um, Saturday. So he's qualified for both high stakes and the main tournament. So here we go. You get into the main tournament. If you qualified top eight, I think you got two rounds of buy cause you qualified pretty high. So and- if you qualify top four, you get two rounds okay. of buy top eight, you got a buy. Okay. That's how it worked. And I think it might've been more than that. It might've been like top 12, maybe. Okay. I forget. But whatever it was, I'm, I'm drawing remember, a complete blank right I now. I remember seeing this is the open. So this is the big one. This is the one that people have been grinding away for two days. Now the open is is any game. So it's any game from a modern. I think they had all the the most modern, I think was Rush. There was a rush in the in the game, all the way to EMs. Like it was everything was in the open. Um and I know you got in. Now I Neil got in. Did Tom get in? I don't know. Tom didn't get in and Neil, he got in at 40th, like just barely snuck in there. And luckily, I mean, we knew that if he got in, he was going to do some damage in the tournament. So I was happy to see, I was happy to see Neil get in and it is, it is top 16, top 16 gets a buy. So, yeah. Well, okay. Real quick side note. I don't want to over, overpass it, but there was a women's tournament as well. And that there were some really good high end women players that were there. I know Carl streamed that. Um, and Monica, your wife, she placed what? Oh, like yeah, top eight. That's true. That's true. You yeah. are correct. I totally forgot. There is, there's actual, well, if we want to go in even deeper, there was more than even those tournaments. There was the gauntlet for the volunteers. There was, there was a strikes kids, tournament. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There was a youth tournament. So yeah, I don't want to leave off. A, yeah. There was a lot of other stuff going on. No, the women players are exceptionally good. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's there's some scary players there that that they definitely can play. If you watch some of the prospector games, they they were blowing it up. I mean, even Monica, she got like over seven hundred thousand, I think, and lost by two or three thousand points to uh, I think it was Anna Neal from uh, Hot Nudge, I believe. Yeah, that happened in semis, and then of course you got Leslie Rockman, who's a great so, player, fantastic player. Then Ashley Weaver ended up winning it, and she that's is. What I was going to look. She's up a winner. very good player. Yep. I don't know Ashley, but I do know I do recognize Anna Neal from streaming, and then Leslie Ruckman, She streams as well. She streams pinball, so her Twitch name's El Rucko. She's on Game Time Television with Rod Dog, but it's um, it's great. It, it was cool to see that. So it's just cool to see players that I know do well, exceptionally well. So that was Saturday morning, I th- or that was on Saturday, I think. But yeah. This yep. is so, so, okay. So here we are on Sunday. You guys are in the open. Uh, I just feel Tom did make some, like, I don't want to leave Tom. I know he's not here. It feels weird him not being here. He did make, um, like, I think he threatened to retire multiple times. I think over <laughs> a few weekends, but I, I, mean, I definitely know he was a proud papa because Tom, Tom made Neil the trip, well. but I don't know where he, I don't know <laughs> okay. where he ended up at. Cause here's the reality of it. There was yeah. just like you said earlier, there was, like 60 or 70 or however many top 100 players there. And there was only 40 spots. Yeah. So there was a lot of big name players that are known that did not make the A-finals cutoff. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- there was. There was a couple of 
former world champions that didn't make the cut. There was, you know, some upsets, some players that snuck in and got into the top 40. Then, of course, you know, there's, you know, the the normals that you would expect to the see. The Keys and the Eschers. Yeah. And the, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, and that's the way a tournament like this goes. It's it's tough. It's a grinder. It's not guaranteed for 95% of us that we're going to make the cut. I mm-hmm. mean, sometimes you just got to have the ball bounce a certain way. Sometimes you just got to make the right decision. And what's crazy about it is it could be like one spinner rip or one extra jackpot <laughs> or one add a ball. Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah. It, I mean, cause you, you mess up on one game, you have a busted card. And when you bust your card, it's catastrophic because then you set yourself back five games to where you have to requeue up you have to wait in line then you have to do well all over again in theory each busted card most likely will set you back if you're playing certain games two to four hours at a time because if the the queue's 25 minutes to 30 minutes long for a game you're going to be waiting for a little while no wonder you're grinding for days you know essentially to try to get that spot so you got you made it in the open i know Neil, neil made it in the open I don't know. I did not watch really start watching the open until later that day. We were pretty busy on that Sunday. And I think Neil had already, he was already out at that time. Do you remember how far Neil got? Neil made it all the way to uh, semifinals. He was on his third game in semis. He had a chance okay. to go through. So he made it a Maybe long, he wasn't being long streamed ways. at that point. Cause I, yeah, I did the, see him on stream. I saw Tom on stream. I saw you on stream many times. Yeah, the stream was just kind of bouncing back and forth. But yeah, yeah he, he started, Neil started in the first round. And so he won out three straight rounds. And he just, he got on an extreme heater. I think it was in his second round. He was in a group with uh, Arvid, and I'm going to pronounce this wrong. Apologies. Fly, fly, glare, fly I Gare? I don't know. It, <laughs> I don't he's know. a European player, yeah. young kid, but exceptionally good. I think he's the reigning EPC champion too. So I'm pretty sure he won a major just recently. And then he was also in a group with Dominant Step and then Daniele, who anybody in competitive pinball yeah, yeah. knows about. But yeah, Neil just, he did great that round. I think it was on Tron, Mystery Castle, and Deadpool. And he uh, swept the round and got 12 points. Nice. And then I think even the next round, he uh, he was in a group with Zach McCarthy, who's the reigning Open mm-hmm. champion. Mm-hmm. And Daniele again, and I forgot who the other player was. I think his name was Gabe, but I've never met him before. But Neil, he did great again he swept around again so yeah the kid was on an absolute heater i mean just destroying games left and right and then he put himself into position to uh to advance on it just unfortunately didn't go that way for him but i fully expect him to make it up there eventually yeah well so i was watching that and then i saw you were still in it so so, random side note here um TNA is no longer here. And it's not that I did. I did not sell TNA. I love TNA. I'm a huge fan of TNA, but I have, I wanted to try Jurassic Park and I have a guy in the area that has one and he's got a good collection. And so we decided to do a temporary trade for Jurassic Park. So I had a Jurassic Park premium that was all bundled up. All I had to do is get it down to my basement. My brother came over to help me do that. And that was our plan for Sunday evening was to unbox Jurassic Park and play Jurassic Park. Instead, I turn, I'm waiting for my brother to show up. I turn this on and I see you are in, at that point, you were in the semifinals and you were in a position where you, you went to a tiebreaker, I think first Kaylee, correct? Oh yeah. Yep. So I'm like, holy crap, like Travis might make finals here. So my brother shows up right while you're in this tiebreaker. And here I am like standing in front of the television, you know, like 
pacing in the room, you know, like, okay, where are we at? This and Jared's like, what's going on? I was like, competitive pinball gave him a real like brief, <laughs> like, this is what's going on. You know, Travis, for him to pass, like, this is what we're doing. So let's watch. And that that tiebreaker was pretty intense just for you to get through it. Yeah, that was yeah, it was, flash, it was right. Yeah, so it was I believe in that round. So if we're talking semifinals, I had Escher Levkoff, Kaylee yeah. George, and Jason uh, Weirdrick in our yep. group. And we played Congo Mystery Castle Tommy. And it was it was a, definitely a tough group. I, I felt fine on Congo, I felt fine on Mystery Castle. I just barely came up short against Escher. I wish I would have got a win in one of those. So I didn't put myself in the position, but yeah. Tommy was like the one game I did not want to play, which is, I think when it started streaming was Tommy. That's what yeah. I was like, Oh boy. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. And it was so Tommy, that was probably maybe the fifth time I've ever actually played the game. And okay. I'm not too familiar with the rule set. I know the basics of it, but wasn't familiar with the bounces. Wasn't really familiar with anything in general. I was just trying to survive. And, I mean, I was fortunate with a couple of bounces just to, to survive in order to get to a tiebreaker. So mm -hmm. what happened was, and I was put in just the, it, it was a horrible position to be in because here I was, I was going to face off against Kaylee George, who is one of the best pinball players of all time. He's and, yeah. and I had pick, but I had exhausted my picks. So the games I would normally go to, I couldn't do it. I couldn't go to Rush. I couldn't go to Tron. I couldn't go to Deadpool. I used those up. In, uh, in quarterfinals. And I couldn't go back to Congo, to my knowledge. And so I literally ran out of games that I would have chosen. Oh, wow. And so in my head, because I had picked Twister earlier too. And so I was thinking about the games I wanted to play. And I just kept eyeballing Flash Gordon. And to be flat out honest with you, I still remembered that game kicking the dog shit out of me at Free Play Florida. <laughs> and I instantly, as soon as I just thought about that and it just crossed my mind, I was like, I don't care about any other game. I'm going to prove to myself <laughs> that I can beat this game. Yeah. So as crazy as it sounds, I didn't pick it because I was like, oh, Kaylee, I could beat Kaylee at this. Or, oh, you know, I think he might have, like, I don't think on that level. I think about what can I do on a game? <laughs> we will give you too much credit. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, because I had rewatched it. And I think somebody had mentioned to me that they were, that they thought I did it as a strategic pick, avoiding Stearns. I was like, no, I would have picked Rush. If it was available, 100%. I would have picked Rush or I would have picked Tron. I felt hmm. comfortable getting to 500 plus million on Rush. I felt comfortable getting to 100 million on Tron at that point because I had enough games on them. But with Flash Gordon, I was just like, it's Look, just an emotional yeah. pick. Yeah, yeah. I'm putting up the double-barreled middle <laughs> yeah. finger at it. I'm going to show it that I can beat it. And it just yeah. happened to be at that stage. I, I know it's psychotic to pick it for that reason. But, you know, when I really get down to it, I wasn't going to pick other games. I wasn't going to pick Revenge from Mars. And I wasn't going to pick the next generation Star Trek. Mm -hmm. It just those games I'm okay with. But in that situation, I don't know. Just something competitive clicked in me that I wanted to show myself that I could do this on this it, game yeah. in this spot. So, and fortunately it, it worked out. I mean, it's just, you know, Kaylee, he obviously had an off game. He could very easily put up two or 3 million on flash cord and let's not kid ourselves, but you know, it's just, it, it was what it was. I was happy that the balls bounced my way for that tiebreaker. Mm -hmm. And then we got the finals. Well, so that tiebreaker, one thing that was surprising is most time during tournament play, uh, extra balls are always turned off. They're, mm -hmm. It's like a point thing. But for whatever reason, Flash Gordon, the extra ball was there. And so 
it, it was you had inline drops over to the right and it's like you have to hit boom 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 you have to hit those down and then you can hit that shot and so it's it was like to see it's like okay that's what travis is doing he's trying to get that extra ball and i'm pretty sure you did and that helped and I, I you got through but it was kind of a nail-biting thing of like holy crap he just made finals like it's and you look at the four people that were in it it was keith elwin <laughs> escher Lefkosh. Es- escher if anybody's new to this Escher's the number one rated player in the world right now. He's 19. He's been winning tournaments since he was like 12. I mean, the kid is unbelievably good. Unbelievably good. And then Zach, I'm sorry, I don't know his last name. Um, uh, I've just never no, Jason Zoller. Jason, Jason. And Jason yeah. was the yeah. guy that had won Classics 1, right? Yeah, he that? won Classics 1, and he's been on an absolute tear yeah, this past so, year as well. I think he's ranked third in the world currently. So the guy that won Classics won the first tournament of the of the week is in quarterfinals. The guy, Keith Elwin, that won Classics 2 is in the quarterfinals. Escher, the number one player in the world, is in quarterfinals. And then Travis Murray. <laughs> Travis <Well>, Murray. <laughs> this all was finals, Joel, not quarterfinals. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Finals, it, but it's finals. finals. It's you right. I mean quarters, as in you but made I, the top four. You but were I see what you mean four. though. Yes. When you look at the names, you're like, one of these doesn't belong yeah. with the others. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. you know, it, it was one of those things to where honestly, I I had and just kind of like a little behind the scenes, I have been like just practicing my ass off. And we've talked about this before off of off camera and you know on the facebook messenger and everything i i've set up my games just on death mode mm-hmm. all saves are off i've taken posts completely out if you're on raised discord you probably saw what i did to my rush just to get prepared to where the lanes just like as wide as the grand canyon i just i had to do the things necessary to try to make it to where i really focused on accuracy and i really focused on defensive capabilities of getting the ball back under control Mm-hmm. And so it's not so much I'm used to high stress situations just from baseball and everything. So I don't get nervous when I play that never enters my mind and the money doesn't matter. I don't compete for the money. So that doesn't even enter the equation either. I just enjoy competing and I want to sure. see how how far I can get. So, yeah, there was a lot of prep that went into yeah. getting to this point and a lot of hours spent just practicing. And I just I'd always wanted to try to get into a top four. And my overall goal has never been to actually win a major championship. It was just to be in the conversation about it. And if I could do that, I would be happy. And now that it's happened, I mean, yeah, it's, I, I'm as ecstatic about it. Yeah, it's amazing. It, it was insane. Like as a friend of yours, you know, to see you in that position was incredible. And don't get me wrong, like you and Neil and Tom and every other tournament, like high end tournament player, top hundred player, you guys are putting in work. I mean, you guys are traveling to tournaments almost every other week is what it seems like. I mean, you're, you are putting in work, not only, you know, going to tournaments, competing in tournaments, doing it at home. Like, you don't just, you didn't just fall into the top four. There's no, you, you know, you had no, to prove it was, that but the whole weekend. The, well, yeah. every single group was a grinder. If you yeah. look at all the names that were there in each group, each, each group could have been a final on its yes. own. Yeah. In all reality, it could have been, it wasn't, You know, tournaments like this, it's not necessarily the most skilled player Mm -hmm. that will always make it through. I mean, at times you've you've got to have some luck on your side. Uh I mean, for instance, when I was in, I think it was quarterfinals. I mean, I was going into the last game with a one. And so I had to have Keith basically co-pilot my ass to the next round because I had to win and I had to exceed everybody else's score. And Keith had to finish a certain spot, too, to make the points go right. And 
sometimes that's just where it falls. I mm-hmm. mean, we've, we've all been there before if we competed enough, but yeah, it's just, when I look at the names, whenever, whenever I go play competitive pinball, this is what I want. I want to play the best players that I oh, can yeah. and yeah. I want to play them as soon as possible. I mean, yeah, I want to win. Yeah. I want to make finals, but you know, I, I get, I, I play, I do this because I want to see how good I can possibly be. Yeah, and the only way yeah. to know that is to play against the best of the best. That's the only way you know. Which is a huge a plug just for this tournament in general. Like the open is open to anybody. Anybody could have walked in there and, and bought a ticket. So if you're into competitive play or like, let's say you dominate your local bar, whatever, like you could do this. You could come compete in Indus next year if you wanted to. I mean, which is really cool. But so here you are, the finals. Now it's best of three games, same system. You get first, second, yada yada. Um, I remember the th- so Flash Gordon was one of them. Uh, um, Bad Girls was one of them. What was the first? Firepower was the first. Firepower was the first yep. one. So, th- like I said, I have a brand new Jurassic Park Premium that I was ready to play, and instead, my brother and I were glued You're watching to the Fire television. Instead, glued yep. to the television, <laughs> and um, there were some really good announcers at the time, and just trying to okay, what's the strategy here? What are we trying to do? Um, and I knew I remember Keith won. Keith won it, so he got four points. Where did you? I forget what position you ended. With I firepower. had to, I had to grind out just to get a third because my goal was when I played firepower earlier in the weekend, I yep. had shats my way to over 200,000 without yes. even putting it back up top. So I figured, okay, I could keep it safe. It wasn't going up and out. I'll just do that until I get it maxed out. Then I'll start going up top to collect bonus and go from there. But you know, my first ball, it didn't go the way I planned. Then mm-hmm. the second ball was a house ball. I feel like I, probably should have saved it i just didn't nudge it hard enough and it went to the left out lane so that was most likely my fault I, i'll just take full blame for it but then my uh my ball three yeah i only had nineteen thousand points going into it and i think zoller had about 70 i think escher was probably at like 20 or 30 or maybe even 40 50 somewhere right around there i know he's a little bit above me so i had to uh, i had to do some work just to uh make sure i at least got a point out of it because sure. it could have could have gone either way. So I just switched up tactics. I decided just to keep putting it up top, get a get a multiplier going. And then I discovered I just didn't feel good about the spinner shot at all, which was from right to left. And so ultimately, anytime I was on the right side, I tried to shats over to the left mm-hmm. and then send it back up top through the orbit. And I wasn't worried about lighting my kickback or anything like that. I just I didn't want to send the ball out of control ball three. I just wanted to try to get points, get pops action where I can't, where I could, and just mm-hmm. hopefully get back under control. That was my main goal with that game. And absolutely. I mean, if you're listening or watching this, like Carl will upload these streams to YouTube at some point, but as of right now, you can go on his Twip, Twitch page and watch all of this, but it's like, go watch the, the other 600,000 people. Watch the finals. It. <laughs> it was, it was so awesome to watch. Right. And and I remember seeing that. I was like, okay, Travis, ball three, like you've got to get one point. You worked your way up. Now it ended with Keith winning. So that was four. Um, Escher got second. So he had two, you had one. And then Josh, am I forgetting the guy? Josh, right? Jason, Jason, Jason got, Jason go. got yep. zero. So then we go to the next game. And the next game uh, was bad girls. All I know about bad girls is people say bad girls is a mirrored eight ball deluxe with some other stuff. I know the Buffalo pinball guys love bad girls. They think it's incredible. I know Chuck Wirt is a big fan of bad girls. Gottlieb, right? It's a, so the, the flippers are a little different, but bad girls. So, so this is Keith, right? Keith is picking these games, correct? Yes. 
Yep. So Keith, and, and I know he likes going, like, he doesn't want to put, a mo- he doesn't want to give you a modern stern. He doesn't want to give extra well, modern stern. I would Bad keep it in mind. I would keep in mind, too, he had exhausted a lot of picks. Because okay. once you pick a game in any round, you cannot pick it again. So that's oh, wow. that's okay. a big reason why you see these types of game picks as well. So here we are at the end. Bad Girls is what we're playing. And um, look it up. If you're not familiar with the game, look up the art. It's horrendous. But um, what something very unique happened. <laughs> so what I was seeing, so just what it seemed like, it seemed like the play was... Uh, on the left side, you have one through seven, the balls, and then you have a drop target, which is ball eight. If you hit that drop target, then then catch it, you go back up there and again, that's essentially how you start your multi-ball. And it just seemed like that was the tactic. Just get into multi-ball, then do some stuff. There's a very target on the right that, that seemed valuable. There was Steve Bowden kept talking about the right orbit. You could kind of do that for a while and get points. So there's, there's definitely options. It wasn't a do one thing except for being multi-ball. Well, Travis did something very unique. Um, in pinball, there's something, There's it, it, you qualify the play field. And what that means is when you hit the start button, it sticks a ball into the um, shooter lane and it's sitting on a switch. And you can sit there and you can plunge and plunge and plunge and plunge. But the game doesn't know you're out of the shooter lane until you've hit some other switch on the play field. And you right? validated the play field. And that's yep. validating the play field. So now the game knows the ball is on the play field. So at that point, start your ball save, or if you, the ball save's turned off, it understands, no, the game is the ball is in play. If you happen to plunge and the ball can literally roll all the way around the play field and never hit a switch, and it goes back into the trough, the game assumes the ball, there was like a, malfac- a malfunction or something like, and it just spits out another ball. I don't know exactly the logic behind it, but it will spit another ball out into the shooter lane. This is very common. Even in modern games, this is very common. And you sh- typically can do that as many times as you want. As many times as you want. And so typically, 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 typically yes, yes. So, what I here we are. My brother and I were watching. We're glued to the television. What's Travis doing? He's doing something. I didn't see Keith do it. I didn't see Escher do it or the people before you. But you are trying to short plunge so that that ball just kind of goes up in the orbit and then rolls down so you can catch it on the flipper. That was no, no. You were trying to like short plunge it up into the the pops or something. Yeah, I was trying to get a skill shot. Is generally uh, what I was trying to do. And then there was there was something else. I'll, I'll probably have to tell you exactly what I was trying to do off podcast. But we mm. had made a discovery on the game. Okay. So, and I feel like nobody else was really trying for it, but I was like, hell, I'm going to throw a Hail Mary and see what happens. Yeah, you and of threw course, it all right. I, <laughs> threw, I threw it the wrong direction, yeah, yeah. didn't I? <laughs> so what happens is he plunges the ball. It doesn't do what he wanted it to do, but it doesn't hit a switch. So he like kind of caught it up on his flipper and then just like let the ball drain because there was no, it looked like the play field wasn't validated. So it happened once. So he plunges again, doesn't hit his shot, lets the ball drain. It's like, okay, he's he's doing for this. Goes a third time, plunges it again, doesn't hit what he wants, lets the ball drain. Then he looks up at the score, and what does he see? He sees the score, instead of player three flashing, player four is now flashing. The game said, nope, you've tried enough. You're You're gone. You're done. You're done with your ball. And this does not happen in pinball. Like, he got zero points. Zero zero is what flashed on the screen. Zero zero. Think about it. In pinball, for a play field to be validated, you have to hit a switch. And almost every pinball machine ever made, when you hit a switch, it gives you some points. 10, 
five. I don't know. It depends on what the switch is. It gives you some points. You even Travis score like found one, a way to play his turn <laughs> without earning a single point. I, f- I found my way <laughs> playing in yeah. front of thousands of people thousands for a major championship Top against four. Keith Elwin, yeah. <laughs> Escher Lefkoff, yeah. and Jason Zoller, yeah. and I decide to score no points Zero on a ball points. Ball without one. tilting or anything. <laughs> ball one of bad no. girls. Zero, zero. That and was instantly <laughs> become an overnight meme for everybody. If you haven't seen that hilariously. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. It yes. was incredible to see. So... I- so it happened. I mean, I well, so okay. truthfully so, though, thank God you looked and saw that it had gone on to player four because right. if you didn't and you plunged his ball, oh yeah, that's then a DQ, I would, right? Then it'd be even worse. Yeah, yeah. Disqualified. So, so what happened was in qualifying, that behavior was not happening at all. Okay. On a one-player game, it was not happening, so it was not expected to see this happen either. That's why you saw me just kind of step back and give that look like, yeah, huh? <laughs> is, yeah, is this really happening? You know, that, that was, that was yeah. in my, that was in my head. I was just like, bruh, yeah. like, no, no. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, and so I asked for a ruling and nobody yeah. really knew, like yeah. at the time, nobody around the area knew. And then they decided, well, we're just going to, we're going to play on. And of course we were able to recreate that and sure as shit. You know, single player game, it doesn't do it. Multiplayer game, it does do it. So yeah, I think Escher was now we next. Know. I think Escher was after you, and he's like, "Do I play? Do I go? Do I? Yeah, because that, that, like, that was when I was consulting with Jim and uh, and Carl to see, okay, how are we going to approach this? Because I mean, the last thing I wanted to do was literally just skip my turn against <laughs> those three with all that on the line. Yeah. So yeah, I was just it, like, hell, I can't believe that happened. But I mean. You know, I, I, yeah, I, well, yeah. I was, let's be, let's be fair. I was basically a walking meme all day long yeah. for the stream. I mean, on Congo earlier, yeah. I was in skill fire. We didn't even talk about this on Congo. There's a mode on there, skill fire, right? I don't know if you know what this is. I don't know. It's so basically you get to a point in the game where you just plunge for these three stand up targets or even the left out lane mm-hmm. to keep getting points for it's like a timed plunge thing, right? Okay. And my dumbass could not find the plunge the whole time. And I realized I'm not hitting it. So I even stop and slow down, try to time it. And I let it go again. Still don't hit it. I only got 5 million points and you should get like 300 million. I got, oh, wow. three, yeah, I got like 325 in qualifying. And then all of a sudden I just could not find it. But yeah. So again, walking meme, that's what mm. I ended up being. But yeah, it, it, I just, I did not expect that. Nobody happened did. on that Nobody game. Nobody did. Yeah. I had I had this huge plan in my head. I knew what I was going to try to do, and I was I was being calm. I told myself after the first couple of plunges, I was like, "Let's just be patient. Mm-hmm. Stick to the plan. Don't get impatient. Just send it to the pops and be out of control." Because I knew coming out of that orbit, I could control it. I knew it was going to come, you know, from a left to a right dead bounce. So when the game when the game does things that you expect. And it you feel safe, you do those things. You mm-hmm. don't do so in that in that point, you don't do anything different. Now, if I was just playing at the local bar, I would have probably just said, F it, just let it fly. But you know, at this point, <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. like, no. Those three, you gotta you yeah, you need all yeah. your tricks. Yeah. So I Oh yeah, and I, yeah. I showed the best trick of <laughs> yeah, all. Don't so score great. any damn points it was on ball so great. one. Uh, in hindsight, I'm glad that you've, uh, I'm glad that thinking of double zero doesn't, you know, make you fall <laughs> up into a corner and cry. Cause I'm glad you've embraced this, but it was, uh, it was so weird to see. And we're just like, that just happened. And, and I know Jeff Teolis was giving you a hard time. He's like, 
I think there's a good chance ball two is going to be a better ball for Travis, you know, infinitely better. <laughs> like it's like, well, yeah, zero. Um, but it was great. So, uh, so fast forward on that, um, Escher ended up winning, uh, eight ball deluxe. Um, now Escher well, said later bad on, girls. bad girls, bad girls, bad girls. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He won bad. He said later on, it's like the, fifth time or first time like he's almost i I don't think he's ever played the game yeah i think he had told me before we played it it was the first time yeah he'd ever played it but i mean everybody knew the meta oh yeah you know what i mean you get into you just do that yeah yeah and and, ultimately that that was my big plan i wanted to max out my (laughs) orbit first and then start going in because i just wanted to get base points on my ball too that's why i decided not to go for a multi-ball because i saw where escher was at Mm -hmm. i saw that zoller was having a difficult time getting some points and saw that Elwin was around four and a half million. So I figured I need to at least catch up to that mm-hmm. and be safe going into ball three. Then I can start going multi-ball. But then of course, you know, when Escher came up and just absolutely destroyed his ball two after me, there goes again. I just, I just, yeah, <laughs> double zero again. Yeah, I just, man. I just knew immediately. I was just like, you know, I, I got to do something different. Come my ball three. Cause Escher, he played his ball two he, exceptionally well. Yeah. So that's what happened. Was it, it ended up so Escher won it, but there was a time where I was like, "Okay, Travis is looking good. You may get second in this." And then Escher just went off, and then it was like, it just I don't know. It as a viewer, it was like Keith is Keith. Escher just went off. Travis, you got a long road to catch up, but you ended up getting third, I think, in that one, right? Yeah, but yeah. I mean, it wasn't even close. I mean, Elwin he yeah. he made a run on his ball three, and he had yeah. some fantastic moves, and he kept getting into. Uh, into multi-ball and then getting his re-rack bonus on the left drops and all that. Basically, it's it's almost like a hurry-up. Crushing it, yeah. Yeah, so they were all doing great. And I just, I knew going into my ball three, I would just have to go for broke, mm-hmm. you know, and just try to catch up because I was down at the time, like maybe 18 million, I think, mm-hmm. which is a tall order to get that on one ball in that game. So it just wasn't meant to happen, but I was happy enough to come away with one point yeah, two balls. So, <laughs> so. so we got to game three. So we're yep. at we're at Flash Gordon again. And going in the way the math works, so Keith's at six points, Escher's at six points, you're at um two, two. Yep. and Jason was at zero. So it was like, okay, I think it's I mean, mathematically, Keith and Escher, one of them is gonna win this. Like yeah, you can't yeah. Jason and I were eliminated yeah. mathematically, and we were I knew I was playing for at least second. Yeah. So I was still trying as hard yeah. as I could. And you know, it halfway it halfway crossed my mind to get out of the way and just go to second position and let them be there together. But then at the same time, I knew I was still competing for a so spot. Explain so. It. so these games, so Keith has picked, he picked the first Keith. Why was Keith picking games? Explain that real quick. Why well, was because Keith- he, he was the higher seed. He was the third seed going in. I think Escher was the fourth seed. I was the ninth. And I think Zoller was the 19th or and 18th. So this seed. is all back to qualifying for the tournament in general. Right. This is all back to the card right. system. So Keith was running the show because he was a higher seed so he was driving the bus, right? So you right. either pick the game or you pick your position. That's the way that works. Yeah, so, and that's ultimately why you saw the positions stay in the way that they were because then it went to Escher to have pick a position after Keith took his pick of game. So So he would when, go fourth. Last, right. Yeah. So Escher would pick fourth, then I would take last available, which would be third, then Zoller would take first or second. I mm-hmm. think a couple of the games he ended up taking first on fire. No, I'm not sure. Maybe yeah, it's a different. No, the last maybe it's a different time. The last one he picked first because there was a chance yeah. where you started to walk up because you were so used to playing after him that you started yeah. to walk up and then stopped and realized. Yeah, like, no, then I Keith realized like, now. wait yeah. a second, he took. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
yeah, I caught myself and even even Keith to his credit. He was like, Travis, no, yeah. don't do it. And I'm like, sorry, Mr. Goat. I didn't mean it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's yeah. um yeah. So I halfway thought about getting out of the way to going in the second. I don't know, maybe hindsight. I probably should have went ahead and did that, but I also felt like I was still playing for something because mm-hmm. I was still trying for second place. My my placing could have changed, but yeah, it was kind of surreal to be in that last match, though, considering what happened during it against two of the best players of all time. It was insane. So really, I mean, um, your play was good. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I know you got extra ball and whatnot, but you still ended up with third overall uh, yeah, uh, in on that th- game. Yeah, in this game, I didn't get an extra ball, and I ended up... I mean, it was it was an average game. If you're going to have a solid game of Flash Gordon on this mm-hmm. particular model, you're going to have 800 that's okay. that's a solid game and that gives you an idea of how exceptional of a game both uh, yes. escher and elwin had on it yeah so keith went uh, so um jason had gone he didn't have a crazy great game um keith's put up some some great points i i don't think he loved it but i don't think he loved it, the number of points that he had he ended up at like 1.5 million but it was a great like in comparison to your score and jason's and even escher's in ball three it was way higher than everybody else's. Yeah, it was close yeah. to a top 10 score it overall. Was, that would have been in qualifying. Really good. Then you went and and it was like, okay, Travis got third. Like Travis is, or yep. at least he could have had second, but like, I think you were barely above Escher or I don't know. It wasn't. Well, I was, what happened was, is I was actually behind Zoller. So I had to like grind out and make sure that I at least got a point. You got that, yep. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think it would have mattered anyways because I think the best Zoller could have done at that point was just one point. So I yeah. think we were pretty much done. So my goal was, is I was trying just to put up as many points as I could at the off chance that, that I got it for. But I think at that point, mathematically speaking, I was yeah. pretty much done for regardless. So, I mean, if if I wasn't in that spot, I... I kind of thought about just plunging and just getting out of the way and letting them do it. (laughs) But at the same time, yeah, yeah, I was just going to play it out. Yeah. I don't blame you for playing it out at all, but I remember that just the fact that key score was higher than Jason's. I knew like that you, you weren't, you had no chance at second, whatever it was. It's like, okay, but you're putting up points. You got third, your ball drained. It's like, way to go, Travis. Okay. Let's see what Escher does. Let's see what Escher does. But I thought the way it was going to play out was, Escher might surpass you. It may not. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But is is Escher going to catch up with Keith? He's going to have to have one heck of a ball three. One heck of a ball three. And um, he did. <laughs> so I know Keith in that last round got a, got an extra ball. And his extra ball like was really short. It just He didn't really do anything with it. I think he had a really good ball one. He got an extra ball, didn't do anything with it. His ball two was okay. Maybe it was real quick. And then ball three was fine. But he had put up such a great score then Escher walks up and just hits stuff. I mean, he everything he needed to do, he started doing. And I remember the way that the announcers were describing it is he he hit something. It was a spinner or something, and they're like, his score is going to keep going up for a while here. Like it's not, yeah. it's not all at one point. It's just like, watch it. That score is going right. up, and we don't know where it's going to end. Like, so just buckle up, basically. And and it just kept going and going and he's playing and he's playing and he's playing and then he drains and everybody is watching that score slowly brrr, go up, 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 up. And, and there's a clip of this. You got to watch it. It's on Twitch. But as you're seeing it, 1.5 is what you're wanting to see. As soon as he, it was shortly over 1.5. And as soon as it crosses 1.5 or it was 1.4 something was key. So as soon as we knew we saw yeah. 1.5, it was over. 
And as soon as he hits it, everybody flipped out. Escher goes and hugs his dad. I mean, it was incredible to watch. And here's Keith. I mean, Keith has been in this position so many times. He just walks up to the game, kind of gives it a, hmm, you know, kind of a, okay. And he, he lost by 6,000 points. You know, yeah. Out of 1.5 million, he lost by 6,000 points, which is unbelievable. I mean, what an incredible finish. Incredible finish. And, you know... I'll, I know Zach Minnie, he goes on a huge thing on like, I, I, why are modern games not being used? This could be such a good selling tool. You know, would this have, this final have been better if that game would have ended that way on rush? I don't know. But to me as a pinball person, I don't care. It was just to see that, to see the flipper mechanics that you have, the control that you guys have, the nudging, the, this is what you're trying to do. What are you trying to, and then it end the way it did. I was, I mean, it was unbelievable to watch. Yeah, you were it, there, obviously. It, yeah. yeah, it made for fantastic pinball. I mean, it, it by far, it's probably at least for sure the number two moment in pinball history. I mean, Johannes <laughs> and Daniele oh, that a couple of the, years yeah, ago. Yeah. yeah, with Dracula. Yeah. That was insane when Johannes put up like three billion on the last ball. And yep. I think it is the very last game for if but world title. So and that's a heads up thing. That that was incredible. And this ranks right up there with it. I mean, it's just yeah, I, I think for me personally, the way that I think about this, if it's a world championship, I don't mind it being across different eras of games. I mean, to sure. me, that's what shows, hey, here's your world champions. We we have tournaments. They're, you know, Expo and then even the Stern Pro Circuit finals. That's going to be on all Stern. So there are tournaments out there that are sponsored by Stern with the Pro Circuit that, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to see the those types of games. You're going to see new modern games you're going to see games that are currently in production but with this i i thoroughly enjoy this type of tournament because it requires all kinds of different skill sets mm-hmm. it it requires you to have a certain capacity of of rules knowledge of flipper skills of understanding the nudges and the nuances of different geometries from different eras i mean you got upper play fields you got you know, three flipper games, you got bigger flippers, you know, with the way that the Bally Williams play. I mean, even Revenge from Mars, you had basically what felt like a little home pin and it had lightning flippers on it. I mean, that (laughs) game played tough. So, I mean, I I don't mind it at all. And hopefully the people watching at home, hopefully that was a little bit more entertaining to get to see a different era of game for people to play. I I think that that's overall that that's good for pinball. Now, it, it could be argued you know, that maybe if they set it up to where you're required to have a modern, a, you know, sure, a mid yeah. game or something like that. Like, I understand that, but there's tournaments out there for that. And I, you know, I got no qualms with how the, how the open set up and how these games are. I think it's absolutely fantastic that you see, you see uh, people that have been in this game for 20 plus years playing against up and comers on games that might be 20 years old. They might be a year old. I, yeah. I think personally, that's pretty cool just because it it makes you see a wide variety of skill sets. I, I liked it just and also some of these modern games, they play so long that it's like to, to have these, you know, that final game be like, OK, this is going to happen in 15 minutes or less. And it, it, it I don't know. I, I loved it. I loved every bit of it. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it and i mean i was proud proud of you travis obviously that's awesome to see you perform the way you did to end up three obviously triple drain that's pretty great um but dude it was awesome it was really cool to see and i know the interview afterward keith keith and escher have gone at it so much over the last few years like it's fitting it's fitting that it was and and i 
I think what was really cool is you think, you know, you think your family, you think your wife, you know, the amount of travel and stuff that you and your mom, the amount of travel that you have to do to, to be able to compete at this level. And it, it takes an army or a village, right? I mean, it's, it was, it was pretty cool for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I wish I would have in that moment, I was trying to think of everybody I wanted to thank. And then of course <laughs> I ended up stumbling over my words and I just forget things. Cause we were just, we were crushed for time, but yeah, I mean, even right now it's, yeah, my family, they're fantastic. And mm-hmm. a lot of this I can't do. And you know, it, and I know it us doing a podcast, our family is making a sacrifice yeah. in order for us to be able to do something like this in order for us to be knuckleheads that are talking <laughs> on a microphone away from each other and putting this out there for everybody to consume. But yeah, it's just I'm very thankful for my family allowing me the opportunity to be able to travel to follow what I'm very passionate about. Mm-hmm. I think that For me, even from, you know, I'll get a little bit deep here, but even for me, from a mental health perspective, I I need something that I'm passionate about and I need to be able to follow it. And that's really my outlet with pinball. After I got done playing baseball and, you know, all the stresses in life and everything, I can turn on a game and I'm happy and I can share that with my family. And you know, you have kids and a wife yourself that play pinball with you from time to time. When I do that with my family, like, I'm ecstatic. That's yeah. just for me. That's great. So yeah, I'm very thankful for them. And also I forgot to mention too, when I was out there, I'm very thankful for Oklahoma pinball enthusiast OPE. Mm. So that's my original group. That's back in Oklahoma with cactus jacks in Oklahoma city. I came up through there. They let me play there. Carolyn, big shout out to her. I know she's listening. Let me play at their facility and just learn the games, get used to get used to playing. And yeah, it's, it really is surreal, Joel. I mean, when yeah. I started competitive pinball, I was watching this all on stream and I was thinking, I, I want to do that. That looks fun. And, you know, it, I never imagined that it would come to this. I always wanted to do it. And mm-hmm. I always envisioned myself playing against the best possible players I could. So, I mean, it's it's definitely surreal to be up there with them. And hopefully is somebody that's listening to this or watching this mm-hmm. that is just now getting into competitive pinball or has been playing for a while and is thinking about traveling, thinking about doing it, like do it, take a yeah, chance, yeah. like come check it out. People are very accessible. And, you know, I, I think I, I don't see myself as being the exception. to this. I think that there's so many excellent players out there that are undiscovered right now that are just waiting to be found. I mean, there's so much information out there with rules, with everything that, you know, I, I think that we're going to see the the talent level in pinball rise dramatically over the coming years. And I, for one, I look forward to seeing it. Yeah, no, it's awesome. It was awesome to watch. I mean, Carl did an incredible job. The stream, the the quality of the stream, the quality of the play. It was awesome. It was really, really cool. And uh, yeah, so right around midnight, <laughs> we're like, okay, well, hi. And uh, that's what I told my brother. I was like, there's another tournament that's about to happen <laughs> with high stakes. We'll fast forward, Kaylee George, so the guy that you bumped out to get into finals, he ended up winning it. So 15 grand right there in his pocket. And who gets second? Keith Owen. <laughs> so it's yeah, like, that's what blew me away was Keith participated in three tournaments. And people say he's retired or semi-retired. What that means is like, you know, you and Tom, you travel a lot throughout the year. And, you know, other friends of ours, obviously, Ray Day and whatnot, are very consistent at Carlos, like, boom, 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 hitting all these different tournaments all over the U.S. Keith doesn't do that. He doesn't do that anymore. He just hits his local things or what he wants to. So for Keith to be just fly out, show up, boom, wins a tournament, second the next, second the next, I mean, 
he still got it. <laughs> he, there's oh, no yeah. denying it's, that. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, he's an exceptional player. When you're up close and you're watching the decision making mm-hmm. and just the thought process, you're just like, "How's he doing this?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, but this they were they were all like that though. I mean, yeah. even in the finals, Kaylee, excellent oh, yeah. player, and Jermaine. I, for anybody that doesn't know Jermaine, he is an excellent excellent player and i think i was very impressed with his uh with his overall ability and his flipper skills yeah escher finals eric stone carlo Mm -hmm. i mean everybody it's like everybody uh the only person i didn't see was ray day ray day was the only one that 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 wasn't there that i'm used to seeing stream and compete at that level and uh or dalton dalton wasn't there either Uh, but i'm just thinking of people that stream or, or people that i'm see consistently you know at these tournaments so Hey, if you're interested at all in competitive play, check out Fox. Well, Fox City Spinball for sure, but um, IE Pinball. Check out his Twitch channel. Go back. I you could start at any game. I mean, the 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 quality of play was so high that it's like just start at any anywhere in in those three days of streaming, and you're going to learn stuff and see stuff that was pretty incredible. So, um, but yeah, that's that's basically all all we had. I know this was a shorter episode, shorter episode in an hour and fifteen minutes, <laughs> but. Uh, in disc was incredible and, and Travis, you, you performed exceptionally well. And, and I knew we wanted to, to try to knock a, knock a podcast out here while it's still relevant. Um, but yeah, was there anything else you wanted to say about it? No, it was a great time. It was, uh, very surreal during it. I was enjoying it and it's been just a crazy ass 48 hours since then <laughs> yeah, with all yeah. the messages and everything. Oh, yeah. I just want to tell everybody out there if I haven't got a chance to yet, I thoroughly appreciate it. I mean, I know. Joel and I, and we can speak for Tom here. We, we thoroughly enjoy doing this podcast and we genuinely appreciate everybody that takes time out of their day to listen, especially Joel. Cause we all know he sucks, right Joel? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we just play right into that. They were feuding too. The, the amount of people that come up to me asking <laughs> if we're okay, it, yeah. it cracks me up. Trust me guys. We, we love to have fun. Yeah. We also, we enjoy everybody that comes up talk to us if you see us out please come up introduce yourself we love talking pinball and yeah it's just it's a great time and you know if if this podcast is out before then we're recording this on wednesday so hopefully it is out saturday this saturday on the whatever date that is on the 21st that's when you're going to see state championships being played so Mm -hmm. on twitch you're going to see a lot of different streams and also on the 22nd you're going to have women's state championship as well so hopefully they have different streams going on on that day as well so it'll be an excellent weekend of competitive pinball if that's your jam if it's not you know what put on twitch leave it on anyways then you go play pinball yourself (laughs) yeah yeah no that's cool i i would i i will say when i first got into this hobby anytime competitive pinball came up in conversation it was just like, meh. But it, the reality is once you grow your passion of just enjoy playing these games, to see people play them at such a great level is, uh, is I don't know, I find it like motivating. And I, I just, I think it's really cool to see. Nah, I don't know when I'm going to start finding the time to play myself. But my brother, like my brother loves playing competitive magic. So he's like, oh, man, he's He's like, I know I'm not that good at pinball, but just, I, like, he, he's like, I want to play. I'm ready to just play. Join, ready to just join a league. Like, it's perfectly fine. I tell this to everybody. Yeah, you're watching world-class players at these tournaments, but mm-hmm. I promise you, you you're not going to see world-class players at every single tournament, at every single league. You're going to find a lot of leagues are just like pure fun and nothing else. People just having a good yeah, time, yeah. getting out on a weeknight having a couple of beers, enjoying pinball, talking pinball, talking about life. You'll find if you get out there and you find a league, 
It's a lot of fun. And that's what I would highly recommend to anybody, especially Joel. Like, I get know, out there. I know, I know. Play pinball. It, it's much more fun when you have other people to enjoy I it with. totally get it. I totally get it. But, yeah, so thank you to all the people that uh, that send us, you know, Facebook messages, respond to our Facebook posts, all that good stuff. Patreon members, emails, all that. We really appreciate the feedback. We enjoy what we do. Um, but, yeah, I think that's it for this episode. We called it 29.5 because Tom's not here. Uh, episode 30, uh, we do have some plans for that. I think we're going to have an extra ball. Should be a good time. Big hopefully plans. That, hopefully that's happening Big next plans, week, Joel. if not the week after. Next week, the 28th, is the Pinball Awards. The voting has happened. Uh, it's already been counted. Everything's figured out. But the actual Pinball Awards will be live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch uh, on the pinball network. So check that out. That's the 28th. I think it's at eight or nine o'clock at night. I don't know. Eight o'clock. I believe it's going to be awesome. I think it'll be great. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to be there for the filming. I'm really looking forward to that, but normally we go to Tom. Normally we go to Tom. I don't have my Tom soundboard. You have a soundboard. No, we should just call him right now. (laughs) Oh no, we need, we this, this is supposed to be an hour and we're at an hour 20. So, uh, believe it or not, I think I can call him. (laughs) Hang on. You're going to call it. We're, we're waiting. We're going to wait for. Th- well, we can edit it, right? Uh, you're no, I don't edit. I don't edit stuff out of the oh, video. You don't edit? Okay, never mind. Sorry, no. Tom. Not going to call you. You're on your own. <laughs> well, okay then. So, uh, yeah, you have, you can have it, Travis. You can wrap it up. Uh, good night, everybody. And thank you for listening. <laughs>